Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Bob Stauffer joining you. Uh, this is Oilers Now. We are in Winnipeg. The Oilers and the Philadelphia Flyers tomorrow. The second hour of uh, Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Hugh Porter, Rob, and the gang from Digitex. Meaning uh, Digitex is also a sponsor of uh, NHL hockey on uh, Rogers coverage as well as on 630 Chen. Digitex. You can now buy your PCs in Digitex. Keep it all under one roof with one number to call, one simple advice for all of your office technology needs. And Digitex taking care of the broadcasters last night here in Winnipeg. So it was a terrific uh, terrific event that uh, we all attended. Every Thursday in Oilers now, 105.4 Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. We are pleased to be joined on our River Cree Resort and Casino hotline by longtime NHL executive, now with NHL Hockey and Rogers, Brian Burke. Brian, how are you? Good, Bob. How are you? Well, the Oilers have won seven and eight. Uh, Ken Hitchcock is eight two and one as head coach, and Peter Shirelli and his uh, staff look like geniuses because Miko Koskinen looks like he has the potential to be a number one NHL goalie, at least the way he's played of late. So, I'm actually pretty good, Brian. You know how it works. There's winning, and then there's misery. And uh, right now, right now, the Oilers are winning, and they're beating some good teams, and they're doing it different ways. You know, they, they blew out Minnesota, albeit the Wild were on the second of a back-to-back. They got it out a one-nothing uh, victory against the Flames, who are really good this year. They got a good team, and then they went into Colorado, and Koskinen gave them stops, and the Colorado goalies didn't stop a, a beach ball, and Edmonton won that one too. So, you know, three good wins against three teams. I'm in, a, I'm in a good place. So tell me what you're seeing and so why Edmonton's having success. Well, I think, you know, I talked to Peter Shirley about this, too. And, you know, his view is, because uh, sometimes when I tell, I can tell you what I think, but sometimes I think it's way more interesting to find out what the GM that put the team together thinks. And he attributes it to better down-low coverage and more aggressive back-checking under Hitch. Yep. He says both goaltenders are playing well now. They've got a healthy goalie competition now for number one. And uh, he said the entire decor is better because of the defensive emphasis. So he's happy. Uh, these results are not a fluke. It's not like they won three games. And like you said, they're 8-2-1. and one. They are winning different ways. Um, I think the talent on the roster is more evident. Now it's going to be tested because of the injury to Clefbaum. I don't know if they've made an announcement today, but it's going to be a while, it looks like. So I'm yep. looking at it. And... Uh, 
It's like you said, if you're an Edmonton or season ticket holder, you've gone from a full spectrum of emotions, from misery a month ago to, hey, we're in a playoff spot today. They're in the second wild card spot as of today. So it's crazy. It's great. Well, I think, you know, I mean, Ken comes out of that university. Of, he's a clear, great disciple, and I was the SID at that school, uh, Brian. So, you know, I, I kind of prefer Ken's defensive system. You know, there's a reason we've talked about this before. The NBA outlawed zone defense. Why? Because it worked. Uh, you know, I think the Oilers have got better layering, better puck support defensively. But the goalies are also stopping the puck. So from a technical perspective, I might appreciate the, the way, you know, Hitch is coaching the team. But the other thing that he's done right from the beginning is he he came in and the first thing, like he didn't talk about McDavid, he didn't talk about Dreisaitl. He said the strength of the team is in goal. And can you speak to a coach coming in and empowering guys from the beginning by messaging to the public the belief that he has uh, for them? Well, I don't think you have a whole lot of choice. I I think when you come in, you've got to publicly support the assets you have there. And I think anything else is suicide. If you say, well, our goaltending is not good enough, that's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. So a new coach, new GM generally follows a script, which is, we're better than we than we've played. I'll show you a way to get there, and we'll we'll fix this together. And so now he's in the foxhole with the guys on day one. He's giving them all a pat on the back. Uh, it doesn't generally work. Like you look at the other coaching changes around the league, they haven't borne this kind of fruit. What Ken's done, I think, is is give them the confidence, and then keep pushing them. You know, he gave them that initial confidence, and he's pushed and pushed and pushed. He has the track record of doing this. And it's you know it's fun to watch. Like this is uh, this team has done a 180, and you, you wonder. And this you know I'm not going to belabor this point, but I, I think Tom McCollum's getting a bad rap here a little bit in the sense that, well, look what this group can do, and how come they couldn't do it under Todd? And my my sense would be this is a team that I and I said this early on. You remember a month ago that this team would snap out of this funk, and I think. Todd might have been able to get them out of that funk, so let's not throw him under the bus. But the fact of the matter is Hitch has done it, and he deserves the praise for that. It's pretty simple, right? When your goalies stop the puck, teams make the playoffs. I mean, you were with Calgary last year, and Mike Smith for the first three quarters of the year was part of the reason why you guys were you know, a successful team. And then he's had some injury challenges, so I don't – I can't – I mean, you're there – but he wasn't quite the same in the final quarter that he was in the beginning and played a factor in where you guys finished in the standings. Yeah, no question. He got hurt and he was no he was close to close to his former high level of play, not even close to it, not even within shouting distance of it after he came back from the injury. So um, no, it's that simple. Your goalie stops the puck, you have a chance to win that night. If your goalie doesn't stop the puck, you have no chance to win that night. So they're they're playing differently. The goaltenders are ta- uh, stopping the puck. I mean, Hitch is he knows how to sp- speak to the market, and that's something else that I'd like to talk with you about. I mean, in the West, it's it is you you manage teams in Vancouver and in Calgary. Of course, you're in Toronto, you're in Anaheim. Uh, completely different animal than when you were in Hartford, obviously, than in Vancouver, Calgary, and Toronto. Yeah, is that and, and so saying that. How careful do you have to be as a manager or conversely as a coach in those markets, knowing how hot those markets, how much passion those fan bases have, how 
everybody's looking. I mean, virtually everything that you say these days in these markets gets evaluated. Well, I think it's been like that for a long time. I mean, it's, it's more scrutiny now with social media. and It's definitely harder now. It's, you know, the media are the least of your problems now. Now it's social media. But it's always been that way. No matter what you said, it was carefully evaluated then. And then it was stored away so that people could wave it at you later when you were wrong. So we had some simple rules with, with all the Canadian teams, which is number one is we never lie. Our fans are too smart. So we never lie. Never say, oh, this is the guy we thought was going to do this, do that. Uh, because first off, people would see through it right away and say, that's just not true. But second, they would save it. And you'd say, well, I think this guy's going to be a really good player. So we were very careful what we said after we had draft picks. We didn't make bold predictions as to this will be a great one, this will do that. So, And then the second thing is just to try to be out in front of the public in terms of be available to answer questions. We used forums where we could answer questions from fans and where we could address concerns from fans. And And I think the number one thing is the average Canadian is a smart, passionate hockey fan. They love their team. They know their hockey. They know BS when they see it. You're better off just being perfectly frank and honest, and you've got to admit when you make a mistake. So to me, it's pretty simple rules. It's no different than... The rules you have when you're talking to your child, which is don't say anything they can throw back at you later that wasn't true. Tell the truth. Be honest. Admit when you made a mistake. I think the same simple rules. Just If you don't lie to people, then you don't have to worry about what you said. Yeah. Well, I know as a broadcaster working for a club and an organization, if they ask, I tell them. And they don't yeah. always like to hear it, right? Like, I mean, if I, I'm like, I'm quite sure why you do that, but I, I get it. I just... That'll be a tough one. You know, that, that's kind of how it's got to work. Brian Burke joining us right now for Canadian Power Pack. Bob Stoffer with you. Brian, you alluded to the injuries. So uh, the way it works in the new CBA, 23 players on the active roster, because in the old days you could carry, what, 25, 26, 27 at one point, 50-player man reserve list. But there's been a change uh, in, in how we deal with things like concussions. Does the NHL potentially need to revisit the size of the active roster or conversely, the size of the 50-man reserve list. So the active roster, just for, and again, we're talking Edmonton, they know it's 23-man roster. Do they need to revisit that because of how we handle injuries and provide organizations with a little bit more latitude in that regard? Or conversely, would that get challenged by the NHLPA who want opportunities for their players and other organizations and want waivers in places, the deployment to get players to a different place? Well, first off, you can't unilaterally, unilaterally change those rules. You'd have to bargain that with the right. union regardless. Um, I don't. I haven't heard anyone. I know the players are saying through Donald Fear that they want to change to the long-term injury reserve. Uh, they've got some issues with it. But I haven't heard anyone on the ownership side talk about wanting to expand. This is the first I've heard of it. I'll give it more thought before next week. But. I don't see any pressure. If, if you've got 28 guys hurt, you get you can still carry 23 healthy guys. If you got five guys hurt, you put them on, you know, on your long-term injury. Right. So, I, I think you've got the flexibility you need to dress a healthy lineup and deal with injuries. I don't, uh, I don't see anything. Again, if they're saying that okay, long-term injury, there's got to be a way to deal where injured players come off the cap. That's just not going to happen. You know, we've got 50-50. 
it makes sense. It works. Uh, if they're talking about getting increasing the money you can spend on players who don't play, that ain't gonna fly. Right. So no, I mean, I just I just look at it. We we look at concussions completely differently today than we did. I mean, look what's happened now in fights. You know, uh, we've had Lucic in a fight the other night against Peluso, and he got Peluso's helmet off, and the linesman jumped in immediately. Same thing happened with Darnell Nurse last week. Uh, who was the guy who was fighting from Dallas? A kid from Denver. Uh, anyways, uh, you know, two scraps in a row where the Oilers had the opposing player in a position of maybe a little bit of difficulty, and they want to eliminate concussions, and they don't want players falling on the back of their heads. Uh, so, I mean, they take concussions very seriously. I just wonder whether or not we have to maybe expand the size of the active roster and go from maybe go from 23 to like no one else is talking. I just personally look at it and go, you should have an extra couple forwards and an extra couple defensemen. But I do you know, do. That, right? You have one with 23. Most teams are carrying 70 and, and two, two extra forwards. forwards. Yeah, yeah. And very few teams travel below 23. The odd team does it. I know so one team, San Jose does it periodically. In Winnipeg, they can do it because they're farm teams in the same city. Yes. So they can do a paper transaction, move a guy down and save two days' pay, and then call him back up. So uh, it can it, it can be done. That's how so those teams really save money on their farm team operation. But uh, I don't think there's any sentiment to change those rules now. Okay. Brian, uh, the L.A., Kings and the Chicago Blackhawks are in a very difficult position right now. Is this an illustration that could, and we're seeing the rise of some Canadian teams, you know, Calgary's leading the way in the West, and Winnipeg's got a terrific team, and the Oilers are coming on a bit here, and Toronto's got a legit, I I know our fans don't want to hear this at Edmonton, the Maple Leafs have a legitimate chance, in my opinion. They might not be a top three pick, but they can win, because you don't have to be one of the three best teams to win the Cup. Are we seeing you know, is this the cyclical nature that competitive balance is supposed to have in hockey, where former champs have to to, to rebuild and teams that struggle for a while have a chance to uh, to load up and grow and go on runs? Absolutely, this is proof that the system does work, that it does induce parity. We've got different teams in the playoffs every year. We've got different cup champions. We've had a couple of mini dynasties, but you've got a number of teams that are in the window now that have a chance to win. Uh, I think it's proof that the hard cap is working and the revenue share is working. People have to understand the hard cap. Everyone talks about the hard cap. Like the players are bound by a hard cap, hard cap, hard cap, rookie cap, individual player cap, team cap. And you think to yourself, oh, this is a really restrictive system for the players. But the players didn't agree to the salary cap without extensive revenue sharing, which is why teams in poor markets continue to survive which is why there's 23-man rosters, jobs for NHL players in Carolina with the New York Islanders in Florida because of revenue sharing. So the system now is 50-50. 50% of the hockey-related revenue goes to players and 50 to the teams. But the wealthy teams among the NHL teams have to redistribute that revenue. So this is why it all works. Is the, the league is subsidizing the jobs and markets that don't sustain themselves. Um, the cap isn't onerous, in my opinion. I think it's a fair system. And, um, but this is what happens. You win. Players want to get paid. You've got to recycle some players. You've got to trade. And Chicago juggled it for a couple of years, but now they're having a hard time. Uh, L.A. won their two cups. Now they're having a hard time. And you know who feels sorry for them? Not a soul. Because 
They, they had no pity when they walked through Calgary and beat us. I know that. So this is what the cap does. It forces redistribution of assets. Uh, I think it works. I think it works really well. And uh, I don't want to see a, a New York Yankees-style dynasty where they win six cups in eight years. I don't want to see a, a thing like that. I like the way it works here. Brian Burke joining us right now. Brian, could you have ever envisioned, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe since the 0506 lockout, and it speaks to the passion of the Oilers fan base, and frankly to some of the work that a guy like Patrick LaForge did as president during some lean times, but I believe the Oilers, with the exception of the last year at Rexall Place when the Canadian dollar dipped down to like 72 cents, I believe Edmonton has contributed every year to revenue sharing since 0506. Could you have ever envisioned that happening maybe back in, when you're working for the National Hockey League, uh, you know, back in the 90s or even in a time where you were in Vancouver, that Edmonton would be in that position? No, I remember my first year in Vancouver, the U.S. Uh, dollar was so weak, it was at 61 cents against the U.S. dollar. That's when Gary Bettman put in the Canadian assistance plan where the U.S. team supported us in yeah. Canada. But no, I, could, I, wouldn't, I would have bet money that the answer to that question was false. And now the Oilers, and part of it's the new building, right? I mean, and that's a game. I mean, you were down in Calgary. And, uh, I know they're, I'm led to believe they're quietly working on it right now. But it is a game changer for the Flames if they're to get that new building because it's been a game changer in Edmonton. It, it is a game changer. It's been a game changer in every NHL city where they put in a new building. You get the, you get increased ticket prices, your revenues spike. Uh, you become a revenue-paying team rather than a revenue-taking team. Um, and so it's been a game-changer in every city. It was a game-changer in Boston, a game-changer in Philly. Uh, they need a new building in Calgary. The Flames don't need a new building. The city needs a new building. That's a tough message to send, isn't it? Because well, you're always, I, I, right? I, think, I think most people get it. I really do. I think most people understand the value a new building brings to a community, not, not just to the hockey team, to the community. And look at the concerts that skip Calgary now and go right to Edmonton. And it's night and day difference in terms of doing a game in those two. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's uh, hey, I want a healthy, competitive battle of Alberta. I'm the biggest supporter there is for Calgary to get a building. But it's got to be a similar structured deal as the one in Edmonton, a 3P deal, a private-public partnership. Brian, uh, one final one for you, and I don't know if you can – it's an easy answer. Why is goal scoring up? Uh, someone asked me that the other day, and I said it was a combination of a couple things. One, we're shrinking the goal equipment, which would contribute marginally toward it. Two, the attack schemes of teams are – they're using more of the ice surface now. Like there, You see more goal score where the pass is coming from behind the net they're using a, a bigger area of the attacking zone to generate offense. Um, and you've got some special players that have come into the league in the last two, three years. I think that's all those things. It's really hard to defend against some of these top. Like Kachuk had four assists last night. Yep. Connor McDavid, I don't know how you stop Connor McDavid unless you tackle him as he comes out of the dressing room. I really don't know how you stop him. So. Well, that'll be the next thing that they'll let go. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. I gotta save my voice because I might want to yell at the refs later during the broadcast night. Uh, speaking of the young guns, you know, I, I want to hit on some numbers here. So we got three young players. We got Austin Matthews, you know, and, and Marner. Their deals. I mean, obviously Austin Matthews is a spectacular player, great American uh, young player, terrific shooter. Patrick Line here in Winnipeg, uh, and then you got Connor as well. And I mean, that's Toronto and Winnipeg are kind of in a uh, a similar position where they got to get two guys signed, and then Kachuk in Calgary. Like, 
realistically, what do you, what do you think the high end is going to be for? Like, could Matthews be a thirteen or fourteen million dollar a year player? And is Liney a guy looking at ten or eleven million in your world? Well, I, I'm not sure what the numbers are going to be, and that's not hedging. They they teach you in law school when a judge asks you a question, you're not sure the answer. You say, Your Honor, it depends. <laughs> I don't know, and, and it depends. And it depends on one. I think there's one mechanism here that that teams are going to have to be aware of is the offer sheet. I think the the threat and the risk and the reality of a potential offer sheet is greater than it's been before. I anticipate seeing at least one this summer. Uh, number two, it's weird to have cap difficulties before you win anything. Yeah. Like Chicago and L.A. have cap difficulties, but they won cups. They won three cups in Chicago, two in L.A. They, they, they've been champions more than once, so they've got cap issues. I mean, I had cap issues in Anaheim after we won. The bizarre thing here is some of these teams, like Colorado, Winnipeg, Toronto, are going to have cap issues, and they haven't done a bloody thing yet. So it's it's bizarre. It's very different. But, yeah, I think this summer is going to be just a nightmare for the GMs with those players. Well, you look at Winnipeg, and they got three restricted free agents. We mentioned Liney and obviously Kyle Connor, who we've already heard from on today's show. On defense, Jacob Truba, who's represented by Kurt Overhart, who is a hard uh, negotiator, and then they've got Tyler Myers, who's unrestricted, right? I mean, that's Kevin Shoveldale's got a busy summer. Brian, we appreciate yeah. your time. Uh, we'll hook up next week, okay? Yep, my pleasure. You bet. From uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet, that's Brian Burke, brought to you by our friends at Canadian Power Pack. It is uh, 127 in Edmonton. We're going to head off to a uh, global news weather traffic update momentarily with Eileen Bell, but not before I tell you that you can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Over $10 million in new and pre-owned inventory at Heartland Ford, one of the largest Ford dealers in Alberta, out in Fort Saskatchewan. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. And guests on our show receive gift cards from the Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, downtown. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Northside and Sherwood Park. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. Jay Woodcroft, head coach, Bakersfield Condors, when we return. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.